No, I think Breakthrough TV gives bad, bad, bad broadcasting a good name. You're listening to Con Air Radio. Stop whining. It's about to begin. <laughs> Well, hello, hello, hello. This is Smash Tower for Con Air Radio, and we are ready to rock and roll. So, I've told you that we were doing uh, the start of the convention, circ- the convention circuit again, and uh, we are. Um, I went and did a Prescott Valley um, convention, which was, I believe, called uh, Fandomania. So I enjoyed this. This was an actual pretty cool convention. Um, they had a decent uh, uh, auditorium set up. Uh, it kind of reminded me like a miniature Ace Comic Con because back in the day when Ace came into town, they used the Glendale Arena uh, for their event. And oddly enough, I thought Ace, who had all the big money and stuff like that, and they, they spent the big money on the stars, um, you know, did uh, an okay job because uh, we actually did the, the tour around Ace in uh, a fraction, you know, just in a little tiny amount of time. So I was a little disappointed about Ace back then. So, um, But, you know, I haven't been doing Ace Comic Con since, so maybe they've improved. But I will tell you that the Prescott Valley uh, Comic Con, the Fandomania, was actually kind of impressive. Um, I was expecting small, and it was kind of small, but it was very full. And they did actually have panels, um, and I participated in at least one of the panels, and I enjoyed it. Uh, The two authors that I talked to, uh, and that were putting on the event, uh, the, the, the panel, um, were very knowledgeable, very friendly, and great speakers. So uh, instead of an actual interview, what I've done is I've actually, uh, I basically just let them let them talk. Uh, I handed them mics and basically said, go for it. Let's, let's you know, let me hear this, um, you know, uh, unity that they have. have. Um, now, see, they are both oath authors in their own right. Um, but they are now collaborating for a specific book that they're working on. And now where one has uh, weaknesses in certain things, the other one has strengths in those same things. So they complement each other very well. So I'm going to go ahead and we're going to add in that little, um, not interview, but that little uh, uh, tidbit of uh, sound bites from these two gentlemen and I really think that you guys will enjoy listening to them um, so I'm gonna go ahead and start that and well uh, I'll talk to you in a few moments hey there this is Ross Caligiuri author of dreaming in the shadows and I'm Joel Cunningham author of keys to success from a completely unsuccessful person it's a good book. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yours is a great book as well. Um, when we're talking today a little bit about our work together and how we managed to get what we get done done <laughs> together, yeah. uh, we're co-authoring a book right now, um, TBD titled 
Um, but it's a YA fantasy book that we're working on. And how would you say that process has been going for us, Ross? I think there was a learning curve at the beginning, working with another author and trying to figure out each other's strengths and weaknesses. And I don't have any weaknesses. Yeah, well, I'm not saying you. I'm talking about myself. <laughs> I have plenty of weaknesses to make up for the both of us. Um, Fair enough. And once we kind of got past that initial hurdle and started laying out the story, you know, yeah. it got way easy. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's an awkward thing, I think, when you spend a lot of your creative process initially doing what you see everybody else doing which is being independent saying i'm gonna do this i'm gonna power through i'm gonna make it happen on my own and you start to come up with all these different ways of forcing out content and getting things out there and for some people that works but then when you get into a partnership with somebody that you're working on a project with and you suddenly go hey i don't have to figure out ways of making this work anymore because they have the ability to make things work yeah, exactly. in ways that i don't yep yeah, yeah, filling in the weaknesses for each other, I suppose. Fin finishing each other's... Sandwiches. Exactly, yes. <laughs> so. Also, a big strength, too, when working with somebody else is accountability. So you might have that day where you say, you know, I just, not today. I don't yeah. want to do today. And then you say, wait, I've already booked this. They're coming over. Yeah. They're on their way. They're bringing me a cookie. Yeah. Let's get this done. Absolutely. I mean, we both were driven to, to get our content done, and we're working on our book right now that we're trying to get out. Um together and we're both driven to do that but life gets in the way at times mm -hmm. and it's easy to get demotivated it's easy to get confused on like how what priority should i place where and so it's good to have another person that's going to step up and be like hey we said we were going to get x done by this convention or by this date mm -hmm. so and then you both just ignore that and never talk about it again <laughs> yeah. and then you move on with <laughs> you your life on. and totally never get any of it done no I'm just kidding, yeah. but that's been really nice and i think uh, the other thing is we, we talk a little bit about this idea of like everybody, every writer kind of has their own voice. And especially when you're limited in your time, you're limited in your ability to get everything you want done over the course of your day. Maybe you're a, like a part-time, part-part-part-time writer. Um, it's nice to have another person there that's going to like fill in some areas and fill in some weaknesses that you yourself don't necessarily know that you might have. Agreed. Yeah. Right. And I think uh, we talked about this earlier, but... Uh working with you has made me more aware of some of my shortfalls and shortcomings in writing which has strengthened my independent writing as well yeah, yeah so, absolutely um and i think i related it to tolkien and c.s lewis sharing characters you know mm -hmm. they were notorious for helping each other out yeah, yeah they were so. they were very i think out of all the writers that i know personally a lot of them have tried to make it on their own and do their own thing and they usually make it a few years or for a little while and then eventually things fade and i wonder sometimes if that's not because they haven't taken the time to really figure out well how can i get another person involved in this and even if not co-writing at least in a way where it's going to make they're supporting me yeah a, con a confidant yeah, or something. a confidant yeah. somebody that they can share a lot of the the stress with that they can hold them accountable mm -hmm. like hey you said you were going to send me this thing were you still going to send it? You know, something like that. You owe me five dollars. So we put a bet on it. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of so which, your total is five hundred. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Santiago <Yeah>. send you. <laughs> yeah. So I think all that's a big part of this whole unity of writing and working together on a project. And yeah. I think you know, if there's people listening out there right now that are struggling with the difficulty of trying to carry the load of getting writing done, of books done, of projects done. See if you can find somebody, you know, at a convention, you know, if you're going to a, a comic convention or a writing convention or whatever it is, 
you know, see if you can connect with some people and, mm -hmm. and maybe you'll find something kismet. Yeah. And I, I always say at conventions, which we're at right now, we're at Fandomania in yes. Prescott Valley. Yeah. Um, I always let authors know or aspiring authors when they come to my booth, I say, you got something you're working on, send me a sample. And, you know, they get embarrassed or shy or they never sell it, send it. But uh, <laughs> I honestly mean it, you know, like, yeah, I think uh, part of the reason I like having a book out and being respected in my field, I suppose, is that I can offer help and solutions to people that are struggling. And, you know, we're here for everybody. Yeah. We like doing the conventions. We like talking to people. Yeah, we're all in this together, as yeah, exactly. cheesy as it sounds. Yeah, <laughs> Whatever gets people reading, yeah, Absolutely. I'm in favor of. So yeah, I finish think, your book. Yeah, I think there's going to be some people out there that the appeal of being like a lone wolf is just going to be what they do. But I think for the rest of us that are out there, like give yourself a break. Don't try and break your back on forcing yourself to be the only person that carries a load of certain projects, especially like something we're working on where it's like we're universe building. We're building out this entire world in a certain sense. So it's like, why not have somebody else there <clears throat> that can share in those ideas and carry that heavy weight of building out a whole world? Exactly. Together. Yep. So. And, and try to uh, scale it down. Uh, you can't see my hands, but I'm making a very wide circle with my hands and saying, this is what's in the author's mind. <laughs> Too wide. Smaller, you're hitting me. You're hitting me. <laughs> smaller circle would be, this is what makes it into the book. And then a very small circle is, this is what makes it into a TV show or a movie. Yeah. Um, so having somebody help you develop that really wide circle that the author can see and then scale it back into a format that's going to fit into a manuscript uh, is super helpful. Absolutely. And I do appreciate, Ross, all the input. I didn't mention this earlier, but you've definitely helped me improve my skills and, mm -hmm. and what limited skills I had have grown tremendously, I think, through working with you on different People are always surprised that, so. the uh, level of accomplishments you can get out of a ruler and whapping somebody in the knuckles with it. It hurts more than you'd think. Yeah, but it works. It does so, work, uh, yeah. can't argue with it. Depends on if you have that metal strip. Yeah, yeah, right. you have that metal strip the, on the yeah. side. <laughs> the exacto if edge. If you hit it with that edge, it's just, <laughs> ah. Yeah. My wife's got the perfect ruler. It's got that big plastic. It's a, it's called a flex ruler. So you get good oh, there you go. slaps around the rip. You get some bend. It's a little bend into it. Get a little bendy in there, yeah. yeah. So I think that's pretty much it. Um, I don't know if you have anything else you yeah, want to say. Come catch us at another con. They're all over the valley and northern valley. Where can we find you guys? Uh, you can find me on my like website, which is wallyverse.com. Ross? Yep, I'm dreaminginthashadows.com. Again, my name is Ross Caligiuri. It's got a lot of vowels in it, so yep. I said it very slowly. There you go, and I'm Joel Cunningham. It's the other benefit of handing people the mics because I slaughter names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have to worry about it. I always it. make people try first before I tell them. Yeah. I still don't know how to say it, and we're writing a book together. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thanks for your Take care. Yeah, thanks for your time. Thank you. All right, so what did you think? Aren't those guys fantastic? They had some serious chemistry going. So, in any case, um, so I was thinking about this little convention up there, Fandomania, and I'm actually thinking that maybe next year, if they have it again, that I would like to go up there and set up a table. I may even set up two tables, one for our crafting and one for the podcast, um, because I would just love to set up a the podcast to where I can just sit there and record um, vendors, uh, guests, uh, and even some of the, you know, the, the, the people there, the fans, because um, I think it would be just fantastic to gather as much information, as much uh, inquiries, um, because I, you know, uh, an event like this I mean, it doesn't make, you know, a lot of money. And it's not there for the money. It's actually there to 
well actually it is I'll rephrase it's there to bring in money for uh, a specific group now um, uh, did they make their mark I don't know uh, I haven't dived into uh, the, the the money parts of it but I really hope they did um, I really hope they've brought together the, the funds that they needed for what they were going to use it for um, now uh, I'm not going to get into details of what group was what, but um, I'm all for this. Uh, I actually wish that uh, a lot of communities would do these little events. You know, um, you know, just for the f just for the fact that wouldn't it be nice? You know, in, no matter what little town you're in, that they organize enough um, enough people, enough vendors, enough guests, enough activities to put on this little type of event. Um, every year. I mean, I, I'm beginning to think that every, every, every little town should do this. It brings people together um, for more than just the, the... It brings vendors. It brings crafters. It brings guests. It brings fans. Um, and I really think that uh, these little events should uh, reach out to, um, you know, more people. To get uh, to getting people involved in this, because I really think that every small event like this, and I say small when I say that, is specifically is these are small towns that um, have braved uh, the con uh, circuit, and when I say that, I say that with as much um, much word am I looking at? I I, I give. I give them kudos. I've even considered it down here in Arizona, uh, in uh, in the valley, to create a small event, a one-day event, um, bring in a few guests. Uh, the biggest issue with most of these kind of things is finding a venue that either won't charge you or won't charge you a lot, um, so that you can put this kind of stuff around. I actually thought about having an outside venue, uh, finding a place that's got a big enough parking lot to where you can you know bring in vendors and bring in guests and bring in uh, cosplayers and stuff like that and I'm actually still thinking about it it might actually happen sometime down the road but uh, as of right now no <laughs> but uh, on that note uh, while we were up there we continued to travel around uh, the event hall um, basically what this was was this is a auditorium um, you could probably do basketball games there concerts there and actually they had several concerts that were coming that were a lot bigger than I was expecting um, bands like uh, Ario Speedwagon and Night Ranger that's a concert that I would love to go to um, and I need to really do some research to see um, I think it's in September but I'm not quite sure which is kind of the sad thing because September is a very active month for me so at least in the beginning um, but yeah, it's something that I'm kind of looking into. Um, and besides, I l I love going up north. Oh, my phone has just sent me an email. <laughs> okay, so uh, any case, the um, the event was in Prescott Valley. I've never been impressed with Prescott Valley, but this event actually did impress me. Uh, it was actually very easy to get to, very easy instructions, so that when next year comes around, I tell you everyone that can go to a, to this event should go up to this event broadcast it 
tell everybody, tell all your friends that go to Fandomania up at the Prescott Valley um, because it was it was a nice little event. Uh, now, do I think they have a lot of room to grow? Yes, I do think that they could grow rather well. If they had more finances, to, I would love to see them try to bring in um, maybe you know some good really 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 awesome guests now not to say that their guests weren't awesome because they were um even one of my friends amber skies was up there and she is phenomenal being able to bring in people uh she's a talker she can bring you up to the table and she can get you going as a matter of fact that was one of the issues that i had i really wanted to get up there and interview her but she had so many people at the table all the time i just couldn't get up there so that tells you how good she is amber skies you know you see her on the roster of any of those cons you got to get there because she is a blast to talk to and she's just full of energy <laughs> seriously if i had her energy i could probably do three separate lives <laughs> which might make it easier instead of me trying to do them all with one anyhow um so i'm going to go ahead and uh let you guys listen to another uh, young lady who was up there and I do say she was young she's uh, she's still quite young anyway I, I don't want to get into uh, how old an actual guest is and such but uh, she is a talented artist but she had a very unique um, a neat unique type of art that uh, caught my wife's eye um, my daughter is a nurse and she really enjoys um, anything like uh, hearts you know the internal hearts and this young lady had uh, a really interesting talent I, I mean I, it could sound morbid but it's not really <coughs> well evidently she found out at, at one point is that she's very um, accessible to nosebleeds so she would get these nosebleeds and so she'd take care of them but she at one time decided you know I think I have an idea and I was really interested on in, on finding more of the backstory but she didn't really cover that in this piece um, but uh, basically she would get a nosebleed and now she turns that um, negative into a positive and she actually paints with her own blood yes I did say that she paints with her own blood but it this doesn't I mean it, it's not gross um, it is just that blood is a fluid that can be traversed to a canvas and it actually turned out well she was very artistic and because of the the way she the style is um, I really think that she could uh, she could make something out of it and I, and I you know was kind of joking and hoping that she doesn't try to sign her paintings in blood also because you know that was like all right I gotta you know prick my finger to sign this to sign this but she actually signs with a sharpie and a pen so uh, that's good because you know I wouldn't want somebody to get really you know drained no pun intended um, you know in this kind of uh, crafting but she is phenomenal and I am going to go ahead and play her piece next so that's what we have coming up and uh, stay tuned for a little bit more
Hi, my name is Gardner, and I'm at Fandomania 2021 at the Finley Toyota Center. I'm a cosplayer and artist. I've been doing this for pretty much as long as I can remember. I do lots of different characters and personas and all that fun stuff, and have lots of arts ranging from a bunch of different mediums, but the most interesting one is blood. I have a series of art-type things, paintings, from the blood artist, which is a different name type of thing, and they're painted from my blood. <laughs> so yeah, they're all limited edition, sealed, completely sanitary. And some of them are going to be on author unauthorized magic cards coming next year for the next Fandomania. So look forward to that. I think that's going to be pretty fun. And if any of you see me, don't be afraid to come up. I love taking photos with you guys. <laughs> Thank you. The blood art. Um, I was actually painting or drawing one day, and my nose decided that it felt like bleeding, <laughs> and it went right on the picture. And I was like, "Hey, that looks cool," <laughs> and decided to just keep doing it whenever I got a nosebleed. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, Fandomania for as long as that's going. I don't really have any other cons set up right now, but I like going to them, so. <laughs> have you tried to do something at like maybe Phoenix I haven't been to any of those or been a vendor at them, but at one point I would like to. I think it would be a great opportunity. Not at the moment. <laughs> Sorry. You too. All right, guys and gals, let's talk Maricopa Con. Maricopa Con is a Kickstarter convention, and that alone is an interesting um, uh uh, scenario. Basically, uh, this Kickstarter is started and people put in for the Kickstarter to help it along. And basically, that is their, um, their pass when the, the convention starts. It is their pass. So that is their way to go into the convention. Now, MaricopaCon is a tabletop um, gaming convention. So if you have a passion for Dungeons and Dragons, role-playing tape type games, um, even board games uh, that are unusual, something that may be a little bit more longer based, this convention is perfect for you. It is actually, <coughs> oh, how do I put it? There was like 22 tables for um, for just standard board games. I mean, you can go in there and... I mean, I'm not saying this is a place where you want to go play Sorry or Pitch Pictionary or anything like that, but if you have an unusual board game that you like to play, 
<clears throat> you can probably find it here. Uh, and if not, bring your own because you could probably find many people that will want to play it with you and learn it with you if, you, if they don't currently know. Um, this is also a place, it's a good venue for uh, game designers so they can come in and uh, test their products out on new people. <clears throat> so there is a, a lot of coolness here. So every year that I do this con, and I've done it the last couple of years, um, I sometimes have a hard time figuring out how to really cover it to the best of its uh, ability. <clears throat> and this last year, even though I didn't get the opportunity to do what I would like to do, um, I do think that it gave me a good round idea of how I want to attack it this next year. And that, of course, is on the on the odds that uh, Jason will allow me to come back and coverage again. Um, I did do a lot of photos, a little bit of video clips on Instagram and Facebook, so <coughs> hopefully it did get some decent coverage. So I'm ex still excited uh, and hoping to continue to cover MaricopaCon as best as I can. Um, next year I'm hoping to get a lot more video and photos of miniatures. Um, I really want to kind of push that a little bit more. Uh, and as much as I hate to say it, I did not get any interviews while I was there. Um, and it may have been uh, just because my mindset was, I was very tired. Um, I was doing two to three different jobs and it was definitely hard to, uh, to cover it as much as I would like the way I would have liked. But I'm hoping this next year I will have a much better setup to, uh, to actually do it. I actually thought about sitting down and recording the audio of uh, a couple of the players playing the game and uh, and whatever game they were playing and seeing how that would come out uh, as it and and maybe even possibly a little video I am trying to get set up to where I can do video more uh, I do have a nice little uh, video toy now that allows me to capture good video but I would like it to where that yeah, I can get that video to stream specifically to Twitch or uh, YouTube <clears throat> which would be benef highly beneficial for any con that we get the opportunity to do so but in any case uh, Maricopa Con is a fantastic convention for tabletop gamers um, it's great for uh, uh, game designers. It's uh, doesn't have a whole lot of venue uh, for vendors, um, but the vendors that are there are definitely specifically styled for the con, which is extremely good. And sometimes it's not always great to just have uh, vendors, you know, who just sell anything. Uh, most vendors that come in should be kind of keyed to the. Um, the specifics of uh, the people that are there. And I think Jason does a very good job of bringing in people. Now, I, I don't know if he sifts through them. I don't know if he really, you know, just jumps on whatever they have or even makes suggestions. Um, even my wife and I, we were considering, I, I was considering um, coming out and doing a table there <clears throat> because I do think some of our crafts could actually be beneficial there so uh, especially if you're if, if you're a vendor that has a tabletop um, type of business 
then this may be an ideal uh, a con for you. Uh, and it's basically a three-day convention, so uh, you get your tables and you can go in there and set it up. And uh, as long as your sales or your product is pretty much table ta tabletop uh, oriented, I, I think you would do fantastic. Um, so, and, and and if you're a new game designer, if you're a new game designer, this is a phenomenal place that you can go ahead and uh, try to get your product out there. So, I would definitely keep an eye on uh, MaricopaCon. I, I would like to see if it's going to get any bigger, um, meaning that he would have to probably open up more space and such. But uh, I'm definitely interested to see how, how large MaricopaCon can get over the years um, because it does have potential. And uh, that's exciting. It's always exciting to see a convention in the Valley um, especially ones that have pure potential, uh, and uh, this is definitely one of them. Uh, so I am eagerly waiting for next year's con to cover it again and to be a better or improved um, media backup because I, I actually have some really new guide, uh, new good ideas. I'm, I'm tongue-tied. You can tell it's too early in the morning, so I am tongue-tied. Um, so this is definitely something that uh, you want to check out if you're a tabletopper, a tabletopper, tabletop gamer, uh, or even a role-play gamer. <coughs> I think they had uh, about nine or ten uh, tables set aside for role-playing in a, in a separate room, so this is definitely a great place to go play your D&D. So if you're into D&D, if you're into tabletop, definitely go out and check out MaricopaCon. The MaricopaCon does have their own website, which I believe is MaricopaCon.com. Um, <clears throat> so check them out. Uh, keep an eye on it. Uh, follow them whenever you can on their social networks because when that next Kickstarter kicks in, you're going to want to get in on it. And... Uh, I, I, I give you kudos because uh, J Jason does an awesome job of putting on a convention. He works hard at it. Throughout the time that I was there, he was running around um, uh, trying to uh, attend to everybody's needs. Uh, and I think I even saw him try a little gaming there for a little bit. So uh, Jason did an awesome job. Uh, hopefully we'll, we'll continue to see this con convention grow. And I am looking forward to uh, to being there next year. So um, that's it for MaricopaCon. Uh, and then hopefully, if you didn't catch up with anything, please use the hashtags on Instagram and hashtag MaricopaCon. Uh, I think it was actually MaricopaCon 2021. Actually, hashtag uh, will uh, get you on there. So. Check them out, follow them, uh, and then when that Kickstarter kicks in, you kick in so you can get your pass to go to the Kickstarter. Now, this is in Phoenix, Arizona, so just to kind of let you guys know. So, And there is a hotel, and so if you planned on, or if you're coming from outside of town, you can stay at the hotels and uh, make it so easy to just kind of walk down the stairs or down the elevator, you know, pull up into a table and play, play, play. All right, one final piece for this podcast. The next con that's coming up is Saboton Con. 
This is one of my little favorite conventions. It may be small. It is an anime convention, which I'm actually not that big into anime, but I do try to um, check out some new anime, new products periodically. You know, to me, I'm old school. It looks like a cartoon to me. And now when I actually was very young, there were certain in my mind, cartoons that I watched, which I guess were classified anime. One of them was called um, Battleship Yamato, which was a, a, a sci-fi that I really enjoyed. Uh, and they even actually tried to make it into a live action. And I believe it's it's entirely in, in Japanese. Would have been nice to see it. But, uh, and I think they did dub it into uh, English at one time. But anyway, uh, I used to love watching Battleship Yamato. And to be honest, I, I need to see if I can find the English dub version of that again and see if I still enjoy it. Um, so, um, But anyway, uh, Sabo is this weekend, Labor Day weekend, my friends. It is a four-day event. So we're talking Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. This is going to be a phenomenal uh, convention. Um, and the next podcast you hear will probably be me trying to put together um, at least one or two quick podcasts while I'm there. I am staying at the hotel at the Sheraton um, in Phoenix, downtown Phoenix. And I hope that I will see you guys there. Um, for many of our listeners that are out there, maybe international or national, uh, I hope that we'll see you or hear about it through you. You know, this convention is um, very tight-knit. It's at the hotel. It's not at a convention um, site, So, it is, but it's fantastic. He has it very well arranged where there's a nice big vendor hall to where you can kind of wander through and, and buy whatever anime or whatever um, merchandise may be available for sale. And uh, even my wife and I have considered staying or going down and doing this one. So I may be looking into that also for next year. So we'll see. Our new crafts are definitely popular, and I think we could definitely do well in the, in the con circuit. So we'll, we'll see. <coughs> but anyhow, they are still, uh, as of yesterday, still adding guests. And we are physically like one day away. Tomorrow, I will be packing up my things and on my way to Phoenix to be at this convention. And up until now, they are still adding more and more people to the, uh, to the guest list. So there's plenty of people to check out. This is a great uh, uh, anime convention to go to and I do believe that this is the largest anime convention in the state of Arizona so if you are into anime please check this website you know it's uh, uh, com. and if you're into anime buy your tickets go check it out because this is going to be huge and we're expecting uh, a, a large number of people coming this year because of the fact that someone's people have been tied up insides for so long that they're anxious to get out there. Now, on that same note, 
<coughs> because of the CD's require, CDC's requirements, Sabotin has announced that they require you to wear your masks while you're there. So if you have a stylish mask or if you have your little paper mask, um, make sure you bring it. Um, you know, I, I plan on bringing lots of hand sanitizer and uh, several different versions of my masks. So um, definitely, if you get the opportunity, gather whatever you can for your masks and make sure you bring them. Be safe for everybody. I mean, we don't want people to get sick. We don't want the CDC to shut things down again because of people getting sick. So Phoenix, uh, Arizona is supposedly another hotspot. It doesn't feel like a hotspot to me, um, but that's what people are saying. If you listen to people, okay, go with your gut. Go with your gut. Take your masks. Enjoy yourselves, please. You know, if you need to take a breather, step outside, go back to your room if you have a hotel room. Take 15, 20 minutes, half hour, whatever you think you need. Get your little breather and then put your mask back on and get back down to the activities because there are tons of panels. I went through the website a couple of days ago and I started checking off panels that I want to go check out. And there are several per day that I am looking at uh, anxiously to check out. Some are uh, about uh, how to budget on a convention, you know, for a convention, how to... Uh, be a panelist or a creator or a vendor um, so there are a, a lot of things and there's some meet and greets and then don't forget of all the guests that are going to be there there are going to be autograph uh, and photo ops actually I should rephrase I'm not sure if I've ever seen the photo ops but there's definitely going to be autograph sessions so please put a little bit of money aside uh, because you know that there's going to be somebody there that you're going to really want to check out. There's going to be um, um, guests that may have been a part of a, um, um, some project that you, that you watch, some anime that you watch. Do you know one of the ones that interests me the most? There's a guest that's actually going to be there. That um, Now, I'm a big, big Star Trek Next Generation person, so uh, I love... Star Trek so uh, it's always amazing me okay give me just a second because it always amazes me sorry about that I was just babbling on so much and I'm just like ah, I gotta take a breath myself I'm so excited about Salvo starting this weekend that I just kept babbling and babbling and babbling so what I was trying to say that I was a big Star Trek the next generation fan and one of the actors that are coming here, she's a voiceover actor and she's a, an actress. Uh, her name is Olivia Hack. And I'm interested in uh, seeing her, maybe even trying to talk to her because um, there was evidently, I, th I think it was either, I think it was in the movie, um, the Next Generation movie, uh, where it crosses over to the old Star Trek and the new Star Trek. Well, there was a piece where, um, Captain Picard had a family and I believe Olivia Hack played um, his daughter in the in the uh, episode or in the movie <coughs> and I, I would love to get a photograph and autograph of her because she's attached to the next generation you know crew and uh, I have 
people that I really do like to talk to, and one of my friends in California, Tracy Coco, was also a member of the uh, uh, Star Trek Next Generation, the Star Trek family, period, um, because she was not only on Star Trek Next Generation, she was on Voyager, she was on Deep Space Nine. So um, my, my, my kudos to uh, Tracy Coco for being a member of the Star Trek family. You know, because it's a vast family, and it keeps seemingly growing even further and further. I mean, there are two new shows for the Star Trek fans out there, with Picard being brand new and Discovery being in its, was it going into its fourth season, I believe? Or is it fifth season? I'm not quite sure. I'll have to double-check on that. But in any case, <coughs> there are so many people that are going to be here that you can check out. I mean, we can go over just a few of the people that are going to be there, and there are some local too, um, and then there are some old favorites. Um, one of my favorite bands, um, and basically it's the house band for Savo because they've been there for almost every year that they've been. Uh, that Savo's been out there, and I I do apologize just in case uh, Kasha is listening. I had do have a tendency to massacre names, so please forgive me for that. Uh, and I'm what, who I'm talking to is the Jack Japanese American rock band Kaza, uh, and I love her. We've had her on the show before. I hope to have her on the show this weekend. Um, we will see. Um, now Kaza is going to be there. Uh, she will be performing, I believe, on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we have people like Les Claypool and his wife Mary Claypool. Um, and I do believe, I'm hoping that I got that correctly, that Mary is the wife. <laughs> I don't want to make a mistake there. I do apologize if I did. Uh, Deep Petty will be there. He is a returning favorite also. Uh, we did do an interview with him uh, a number of years ago and would love to do another one again. So hopefully we'll see some P. Diddy this weekend. Uh, Courtney Lay will be there. Courtney Lay is also another local uh, cosplayer, cosplayer and uh, designer. So I am getting tongue-tied already, guys. We are going to have such an awesome, awesome time. Um, there are people coming from out of state, out of country. Um, so definitely there are a lot of people you got to check out. Uh, uh, some of my favorites are going to be there. And what I mean is one of my favorites is Corgi Cosplay. Because I love seeing uh, Nicole and her Corgi family. Um, usually it is uh, it's just pure entertainment. And uh, they're fun to watch. They're fun to talk to. They are the favorites. Uh, one of my favorite guests because of the fact they're just cute they're little fuzzies they're little feet they're so cute anyway so uh and so if you're going to the convention please check out uh corky cosplay uh they should be in the creator's corner alley on the side if i remember correctly that's probably where most of the locals will be so definitely check them out. And I even seen that the Phoenix Boys Choir is going to be there. So I'm going to try to get some pictures when they're performing. Um, maybe even a small piece of audio if I can. Uh, and definitely have some fun with that. So um, guys, check everybody out. 
uh, it is going to be a sweet ass convention uh, and I'm going to wrap this up because I'm getting overly excited and I need to start packing because I leave tomorrow are you going to be there because I hope you are I'm going to be wandering around now only people that really already know me know what I look like but I will be around if you do know who I am please come up and say hi you never know maybe I'll put you on the podcast maybe you could be on the Con Air Radio podcast that is heard internationally and we are favored here in the United States but we do have a decent international market so check it out you could be heard in Germany in Russia in Denmark Spain you could be checked out you never know come and talk to me come and see me even just to say hi maybe I need to get a big old ass sign so I can plaster it on my back saying con air radio anyway I'm gonna let you guys go um, from me to you I'll like to tell you I'll see you at the con <laughs> I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them blue for me and you. And I think to myself, Bullshit! What a wonderful world. Where are you going? I'm going to pick a fight. Don't be too proud of this technological terror you've constructed.